Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed... Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. The Kakadu Plum is an Australian native superfood containing 100 times more vitamin C than oranges. So why have you never heard of it? PR. No one's drinking a Kakadu smoothie? I'm J.B. Smoove, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at and slash hypergig with details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Ridiculous Crime is a production of iHeartRadio. Hey, Elizabeth Dutton. Zarin. Do you know what's ridiculous? Yeah, I'll tell you what's ridiculous. Oh, hit me with it. Okay, when you don't want your car stolen, uh-huh. which is not, that's not ridiculous. No one wants their car stolen. Unless you just need to get rid of it. Well, sure, evidence-wise. Yeah. But let's say <laughs> you don't trust the club, you mm-hmm. don't trust the locks or an alarm. Mm-hmm. Did you know, I think this is ridiculous, okay. you can buy a boot for your <laughs> own car. I think I know where you're going with this. Like, it's not just a municipal thing. Did you get uh, some reason to this came I to your mind? I saw one recently. You saw, where did you see one? In my neighbor's driveway. What? Your neighbor boots his own car. Yeah, he boots his own car. And I I have decided that's ridiculous. <laughs> yes, I would agree. And idiotic. <laughs> Why and does he boot his own car? Because. Did he have the car stolen a couple times? No. Did he have his, like, something else stolen? He's just kind of, like, gun-shy about things? His innocence? His innocence I don't know. <laughs> just snatched from him, and now he's like, not my truck. I think maybe he shouldn't be living in the city. Oh, Toughen yeah. up. Yeah, definitely. So, wait, is he, like, uh... Somebody from, like, rural, small-town America? Nope. Hmm. What's his deal? I don't know, but he's ridiculous. (laughs) I'll completely concur with that. Now, I got one for you. Yes. You ready? This is a story. It's about a middle-aged woman. She's from rural, small-town Illinois. Mm -hmm. And this particular Midwestern woman, she she had a taste for that sweet, sweet horsey breeding life. Oh. oh. Yeah. Now, to pay for her horse, Jones, uh, she decided to dip into the bank account, not of her wealthy husband, not of her family, but of 
her town, her hometown. <laughs> and she used the money that she could on the horses. And she started diverting so much of the town's budget that the town was almost going bankrupt. She oh, was my goodness. the perfect criminal, since no one sees her coming. This is the story of Rita Crundwell, the woman who got hooked on horse. I'm sorry, uh, horses. Woman who got hooked on horses. <laughs> Those sweet, sweet ponies. This is Ridiculous Crime, a podcast about absurd and outrageous capers, heists, and cons. It's always 99% murder-free and 100% ridiculous. Today's bizarre tale of small-town crime takes place in the American heartland. One of your favorite places, Elizabeth, America's heartland. It is. <laughs> <laughs> now, this story of Rita Crundwell... It takes place in a very specific part of rural small-town America, the Illinois uh, town of Dixon. Now, mm -hmm. this is also famous for a couple things. Before Rita Crundwell, it was famous as the hometown of the star of the Bedtime for Bonzo series of movies, who later became, I believe, a politician, Ronald Reagan. Oh, that guy. Yeah, uh-huh. And then uh, Dixon, Illinois, is also the uh, petunia capital of, well, not the world, but of Illinois. It's the petunia <laughs> capital of Illinois, which is, you know, high praise for Illinois. Well, yeah. It's also the catfish capital of Illinois, once again, of Illinois. Like Very regional. Like the fish, not the practice of dipping yeah. people <laughs> They're not, online. like, really good at, like, <laughs> hooking up with, like, like foreigners, getting them to come over here and be like, wait a minute. So cat the bottom feeder. Yeah, this is not like Mante Teo's hometown. <laughs> now, our second fun fact about Dixon is that Rita Crundwell lives there, and she is the fifth most prolific embezzler of all time. Of all time. Of all time. Dang. Elizabeth, has the FBI ever come to your home or place of work and asked to speak with you? Well, Elizabeth, um, no, they haven't. <laughs> they haven't. They haven't asked to speak with me. But uh -huh. one time when I worked at a certain place, they uh -huh. came in. Really? But not to talk to me. Did you get to watch them operate? Yeah. Well, not really. They went into another office, and then everyone was terrified in our office and scurrying around. And I was like, "Well, we haven't done anything. Wait, have we?" And then, okay. Well, I've got a little fun visualization for mm. you. You ready? This is the moment when the FBI comes to your work and what that is like. Okay. You ready? I want you to close your eyes. Yes. I want you to picture it. It's a Tuesday morning in April. It's early in the day, a little after 9 a.m. You're working at the Dixon City Hall. You're a part-time secretary, just typing away, doing your thing. It's how Rita started at City Hall. And you spot these three FBI agents as they push open the double doors, streaming in sunlight behind them. The noises of the day on Main Street Dixon all come pouring in. These FBI agents, they stride in with purpose, and they're looking past you. You're like, but no, I greet people. And they're like, no, we know where we're going. They go marching up the stairs. You go to follow to see if they need help trying to get to wherever it is that they're going. And as you're going up the marble steps, you can see them make the turn and start heading towards the mayor's office. You're like, okay, I know where they're going. So you trail behind them. You follow them all the way down the hallway. They get to the mayor's office. Mayor Jim Burke is in his office that morning. This is a point of fact because he's a part-time mayor. He's mm. not always in the office this morning. It's common in small towns. He yeah. is. It is very common. Now, full-time real estate agent, part-time mayor, Jim Burke, is a good-hearted guy. And so, you know, kind, self-effacing kind of Midwestern guy. Big Jim Burke. Big Jim Burke. And uh, when the FBI agents come in, he's really friendly, nice to them. And you're 
right on the FBI's six, right? You're watching past them into Mayor Jim Burke's office because you want to see what all this hullabaloo is about. Oh, I'm nosy as hell. <laughs> exactly. I figured you would in be. In real life. Yes. And in this and imagination in this exercise. Imagination. <laughs> so as Mayor Jim Burke is greeting the FBI agents, you notice he doesn't look scared, frightened, intimidated, nothing. He's hmm. cool as a cucumber in a bowl of hot sauce, yeah, as my man Jim. MCA would say. Yeah. <laughs> Big Jim is sitting there and he's like, you know, I basically called you into the office, it seems. He's got that demeanor like he invited the FBI. Now, why would he invite the FBI, you're wondering? Well, the FBI agents, they don't say anything at first. They just keep doing their business. And uh, you don't know this, but you're about to find out that the FBI has been working with Mayor Jim Burke to bust one of the employees in City Hall. Oh, And today wow. is the day for the silver bracelets to be slapped on their wrist. Wow. Mayor Jim Burke's face starts to lighten a little bit. He looks at the FBI guys, and you're like... What's going on? The moment, the excitement is just rippling through you. And all of a sudden, Mayor Burke says to the three FBI agents, are we ready? They're like, oh, it's going down. (laughs) Then one of the FBI guys replies, yes, let's bring her in. Mayor Burke picks up his telephone. He dials an extension in City Hall. Beep, boop, beep, boop, boop, boop. And then he waits, (laughs) puts the phone on speaker mode. You can hear the phone down the hall ringing. You're like, did he call someone in the office? You hear a woman's voice at the other end. Hello. She's got a nice, sunny, you know, springtimey voice. Mayor Burke, very serious, very solemn, says, Rita, would you mind stepping into my office for a minute? Rita replies, sure. <laughs> and now, a moment later, her office door opens. You hear it. And all of a sudden, then you hear footsteps, cling, cling. She's going down the hallway. The marble steps, her heels, they get louder. She gets closer. You're so anticipatory. You just cannot wait for the moment. What is going to be happening? Rita pokes her head in the doorway that you're standing there in the doorway with her now. She squeezes in. She says, hi. And everyone turns. The three FBI agents turn. Mayor Jim Burke turns. You just kind of just glance over at her because she's standing there right next to you. The FBI agents say, Rita, would you mind coming in? Mayor Burke reiterates, uh, Rita, would, would you please mind stepping into my office? The lead FBI says, hi, I'm with the FBI. That moment has come. You're like, oh, it's going down now. He flashes his badge. Rita looks at it, and her face starts to break a little. She knows it's over. Her decades of lies, the fraud, the embezzlement, the scams, the cons, all of it are coming crashing down. But yet her face doesn't fully show it. Just a hint of it is in her eyes. The lead FBI guy continues, Rita, we'd like to ask you some questions. Mayor Burke stares at Rita. Meanwhile, Rita's face still hasn't changed. It's just placid. And you're like, how is she doing this? She just keeps smiling. It just, this small, pert smile breaks on her face. It's almost Midwestern and polite, super eerie. Mm-hmm. And then the FBI agents slap the cuffs on her and they say, she won't talk. They're taking her into the office. They leave City Hall. They perp walk her out. Everybody is aghast. They're all looking, oh my goodness, it's Rita. Rita, I can't believe it's Rita. That moment was the moment when Mayor Jim Burke finally realized what we will call the Dow of Rita Crundwell. Now, what is the Dow of Rita Cronwell? Well, as it goes, he said, and I quote, it showed me she didn't give a sh- about our town. Oh. Yeah. So how much did Rita exactly not give a sh- about the town of uh, Dixon, Illinois? Tell me. Can you guess? No. Try the tune of $53 million. $53 million? $53 million. How did, how did the town have that much money to begin with? Well, that was over multiple years. Oh, she was just goodness. basically siphoning off cash to pay for her horses, 
year after year after year after year from this small little town until she had wow. taken $53 million and the FBI showed up and said, we'd like uh, to talk to you, Rita. Can I tell you how excited I am that they didn't kick me out when they started doing this whole, Rita, we need to talk to you? They just let me stand in the doorway. I like that. I knew you'd like to kind of yeah, just watch that you. scene play thank out. You. Yeah. The FBI is very generous, you know, in small town America. <laughs> and they sent the the FBI comes. It's not like state police or anything. So no. this is big time. Yeah, they didn't bring the U.S. Marshals to grab her. Mm-hmm. They wanted to talk with her and then to cuff her. Yeah. So coincidentally, that $53 million I just told you, that's the exact same amount that uh, Kanye West was in bankruptcy for in 2016. Oh. He's now almost a billionaire. If he's not already a billionaire, I don't know. Who cares? But the point is, is... That's a sizable chunk of money. It's enough to turn you into a billionaire. And in this case, it was enough to pretty much bankrupt her hometown. Wow. Now, let's say you stole $53 million, Elizabeth. Mm -hmm. Should we we say it together? You stole stole $53 53 million, million Elizabeth. Elizabeth. (laughs) Okay, that felt good. (laughs) Now, let's say you didn't donate any of it. You just had to spend all of it on yourself or stuff Mm -hmm. or whatever, gifts. I don't care. Mm -hmm. What uh, would you spend $53 million? No, I'll, I'll limit it. What? animal would you spend 53 million dollars on oh dogs hello dog really you wouldn't go like big like peacocks or bears i would have a standing dog army that would be completely (laughs) pampered okay yeah it would be wild what would you do with your dog army i mean you got enough money to pamper them so like how are you gonna pamper them various acts of vengeance no i would (laughs) would you have a castle for them oh everyone carpeted everyone gets their own bed Uh uh-huh so they don't all try and sleep on my bed. Okay. They get the finest of foods uh-huh. and table scraps. Okay. Uh, I don't know. I'd buy like a bunch of acres and build my own dog park. Like, would you travel with them? Would you get like maybe like a very large trailer and a truck and you take them on a road trip around the country? <laughs> with all their heads outside. Them. Yeah. Exactly. Sunglasses on all of them. Oh, my God. I would get the nicest sunglasses for all the dogs. <laughs> Everybody gets a pair They're of Ray-Bans. All custom Ray-Bans. Mm-hmm. Very nice, very yeah, nice. Sounds see, good. You're starting to now get what Rita Crundwell was about. Oh, was and she about that rude dude life? No, unfortunately. Oh. She was just about that rude life. <laughs> <laughs> now, after this short break, it's time to meet the star of our story, the embezzler extraordinaire, Rita Crundwell. rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? Shh. Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. As you know, the world can be a dangerous and unpredictable place. With every crime I've studied, I've learned one thing. Your best line of defense is your vigilance and preparation. You don't want to worry. You just want peace of mind. That's why I recommend Simply Safe Home Security. For every ridiculous robbery and theft we talk about, it's pretty obvious the crimes could be avoided with a solid security system. A good home security system keeps people prepared and aware. Simply Safe is that system. It was named Best Home Security Systems 2024 by U.S. News and World Report. And it doesn't just protect your home from crime, it also alerts you to fire, floods, and other emergencies. They offer sensors and cameras backed by 24 7 professional monitoring for less than a dollar a day. There are no contracts, and there's a 60 day money back guarantee. 
Get 20% off any new Simply Safe system when you sign up for Fast Protect monitoring. Just visit simplysafe.com/ridiculouscrime. That's simplysafe.com/ridiculouscrime. There's no safe like Simply Safe. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my god, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Elizabeth. Mm-hmm. You... You used to live in a small town, you you told me. Yeah. Now, the small town, that we don't have to name it, but mm-hmm. living in a small town, you know what it's like. Were there any any liars in your town? Anybody who got busted for a lie? Maybe like it was like a divorce that all of a sudden came to light, a scandal with money. Was there anything like that? Of course, human beings live there. Well, yes, I know. But I'm saying, but in small towns, it's it's less likely that a secret emerges because people know the secret. It kind of gets whispered about. You know, I don't mm-hmm. mean like it doesn't just get broken in the news. It's mm-hmm. more like people knew about it, and then it's like the news confirms yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. That's that about accurate. I think yeah, there are secrets that that are sort of. Known secrets, everyone's yes. in on it. But then sometimes you get surprised. Oh, stuff totally. comes out of nowhere. Totally. Yeah. Is it going to be like the violent secrets, the marital secrets, mm-hmm. the money secrets? Mm-hmm. But oftentimes there's the whisper networks of small oh, towns yeah, that are totally. very different than big cities, right? right? You can't be anonymous. Right, exactly. Keep that in mind as I tell you how Rita Crundwell pulled off her $53 million <laughs> theft of all of her how neighbors. How many people lived in this Dixon, Illinois? About 16,000 people. All right. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty small. Yeah, pretty, pretty small. Well, that's big compared to where I was living. Oh, really? Yeah, 1,300 people. <laughs> oh, my God. 16,000 would Did be, oh, been, that's the big city. Yeah, going into the big city to like get your checks cashed. Well, that's where like the Starbucks shoes. is, 45 oh, okay. minutes away. Yeah, anyway, so I think that's, yeah, but in the grand scheme of things. Practically cosmopolitan. Pretty small, pretty small town. Well, getting to uh, Dixon, Illinois, Rita Crundwell's hometown, Rita was one of six Crundwell kids. She grew up on the family farm. She was the type of teen who wore cowboy boots. She drove a beat-up pickup truck. She was in a 4-H. She raised livestock. She competed in livestock shows. And she showed up in the lyrics, I think, one or two John Cougar Mellencamp songs. <laughs> I was going to say, she sounds like a character in a new country lyrics. Yeah, she's like Trace Adkins' ideal girl. Drinking from a red solo cup. <laughs> <laughs> Sitting in the pickup truck. Saying how much hay means to her. Yeah. That reminds me of home. <laughs> now, uh, Rita Cronwell, she was also a smart girl. She was a, a National Honor Society member. Mm. She was a popular girl, the kind of kid who gets uh, nominated or elected, I don't know how it goes, but to her high school's homecoming court. Yeah, I don't know how that works. Yeah, I think it's elected. I don't know. Anyway, Rita Cronwell, all-American upbringing. Just keep that in mind. Now, one of the facts I just told you above is mm-hmm. not true. I'll let you guess which one. 
Oh. John mm-hmm. Cougar Mellencamp. Okay, so Rita, <laughs> our former honor student, girl with the big glasses, brown hair, 4-H kid, cowboy boots. Got her in your mind? Okay, she goes to work at the City Hall thanks to her high school's work-study program. Mm. So she's like a junior at the time. This is 1970. Okay. Okay, so... In 1971, she graduates, and then she takes a job, full-time job, at City Hall. It's like, oh, it's a good job, small town, so she's like, I'm keeping it. Around that same time, the mayor, he creates this new position called the town's comptroller. And Mm -hmm. the comptroller, as you are familiar, handles the money. They're a little bit different than, say, the treasurer. They are in charge of, like, writing the checks, making sure that the checkbook is balanced, Yeah, yeah. So this person is important in the town of Dixon because— as I said earlier, Mayor Jim Burke, part-time mayor, city councilmen, city council members, rather. There's four of them. They're also all part-time. So yeah. the city relies on some full-time employees to handle city business. So Rita Cronwell joins this full-time quartier of city hall employees. And eventually she works her way up to treasurer and then from treasurer to comptroller. Hmm. So it takes her about 13 years. So now we're in 1983. Okay. So we're into the Reagan years of America. There's a new feeling about rural America. There's a new optimism coming out of the 70s and inflation. So people are, they're having a little bit of a, not a go-go American moment, but the the rural America is feeling better about themselves, right? Mm-hmm. Rita mm-hmm. takes that moment and says, I'm feeling better about myself too. <laughs> oh no. Right? Now quicker than you can say Kevin Bacon and Footloose, Rita Crundwell starts angling for how she can make her new appointment work for her. Takes her a little bit of time, about seven years. About At that time, she's like, I think I got a handle on how I'm going to scam this town. Now, Rita, she's really good with numbers. Like That's part of her bag is that she's exacting, she's detail-oriented, and everybody knows this about her. It's, it's her rep, right? Mm-hmm. The mayor at the time of her arrest said, quote, Rita was very efficient, very pleasant. She got along with everyone, and she knew the job in and out. She seemed like a perfect fit. Hmm. Yeah, right? So that's the, her general MO that everybody's reacting to. Yeah. Now, meanwhile, Rita is acting like a Banana Republic dictator. She decides <laughs> to take total control of City Hall, which in this case means the flow of information. She has all of the paperwork that she deals with routed to a P.O. box, so nobody can see the mail that is coming to so her or to City Hall. doesn't go to City Hall. Nope. The address that you normally would think of where the mail would go, right. City Hall, the whole reason why you have a City Hall right. is you have this building for business of City Hall to be done. She's like, no, send that to my P.O. box. I'll do it at home. I'm a uh, work-from-home kind of gal. Uh, this, this is like way before work at home was Yeah, but thing. she's like, I'm a workaholic, and this way I can work on the weekends. And, mm-hmm, I see you, Rita. Yeah, you see, you're on to her. Now, yeah. apparently, in her small town, Everyone else is like, no, she's just so good at her work. Well, and and one of the things that I noticed living in a small town is that you are sort of um, locked into your public persona Mm. when you're in high school. Okay. And so um, whoever you are in high school tends to follow you through. And so if you were like the handsome quarterback and then you just kind of keep screwing up later, people are always, you know, but he was the (laughs) handsome quarterback. He almost got us to states. If you're the weird outsider, it's hard to then change. And so she's like... She, it's hard to reinvent yourself, mm-hmm. whereas, like, where I'm, you know, born and raised, California, that's like a pastime, right? Yeah. Constant reinvention. Completely. But you're not really—it's hard. It's hard in a small town. So I can see Rita, if she just locks herself in in high school, is like National Honor Society, mm-hmm. doing work study, riding around in a pickup truck, mm-hmm. whatever, like, doing all the right things, 4-H. Everyone's going to see her like that. And they forward. never they never took a second glance. You're yeah. so right about that. Yeah. She apparently locked in and then she used that. I think she was aware of it like you are that like mm-hmm. this is all they see. <laughs> so the meanwhile, Rita is like 
basically doing exactly what you're saying is creating this persona that is uh, Im impeccable and mm -hmm. implacable in terms of like uh, everybody thinks they know Rita. They have no idea who Rita is. Yeah. Right. So like. For instance, uh, to advance her idea of her being really frugal and meticulous about money, she always deducts money from her own salary for any day of work that she misses, right? Mm -hmm. Now, what this means is if, like, she's uh, out of office uh, for, like, a week for a, to go to a horse show, we'll say, mm -hmm. she deducts that from her pay. And that balanced out that one year, she makes about $83,000 a year, mm -hmm. so... She, one year, only made $61,000 because she took $22,000 off of her salary. So that way it would look like, you know. Well, did she not get vacation time? Or she is this did. beyond? She, I think she may have used up her paid oh, time off. Oh, so she's just above board. Like, yeah, look, I'm taking leave without pay. Mm -hmm. To she, go. She when she go do horse stuff? Horse shows and like travel. Right. People don't know. They just know that she leaves Wait town. a second. So she makes 80 Gs a year and uh -huh. she took off 20. That's like... A quarter of the time, she's yes. not even there. Yes. I do math. Yes, look at you over it there. It took me a second. You Did you see the smoke coming out of my ears? I was worried was something like, caught fire, but yeah, yeah nice work. No, I'm like, I... that's like half. <laughs> it's like half of her time. So they weren't doing this math. The local townspeople, they were just so happy and they figured Rita was so good at her job. Meanwhile, that same time when she's out sick, she has like a a family member go to her P.O. box and pick up her work okay. to make sure that nobody ever sees it. Maybe they're using, like, the the metric that I wish all jobs would do is, like, forget the eight hours a day, 40-hour week. Yeah. However, if you get your work done, then fine, you get paid. Yeah, I'm with you. That should be the standard. So, may, and let's be honest, like, a quarter of our time is, you know... Busy work? Messing around. <laughs> Doing, I don't know, crypto quip at your table. So <laughs> yeah, for instance, for instance, I don't know, just you know, spitballing here. But I think you know, she's she's laying out some. Now she's doing nefarious things. But if we're all honest with ourselves, yeah, we could get all of our work done in three quarters of the time. She went way past. I'm gonna make the biggest ball of rubber bands I can. <laughs> but I, I see your point, which is basically, you know, people should be able to work as much as their work is required of right. them, and not try to fill in some arbitrary. Oh, you got to be here on the clock, kind of stuff. Exactly. Completely. And Rita would agree with you. No, yeah. I don't like that. Though. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. You don't want her on your side. In 1990, Rita creates her fake dummy bank account and goes into business of Rita Inc. She starts <laughs> sidelining money and creating, like, well, what will soon become a vast empire and fortune in the horse world. And the way she did it is she started a city account, mm -hmm. but in her name. Okay. So that way, the she's the only signatory on the account, but it, as far as the bank is concerned, it's doing city business. So it's like city of Dixon. Exactly. Okay. And with signatory Rita Or Rita Crundwell. DBA, Rita Cronwell. Exactly. Okay. Man. So that's how she starts to embezzle funds. And she likes it. She's into well, it, right? Well, sure. <laughs> she gets after it. She's like a, I don't know, a colonist in the new world. She's like, oh, look at all this value just lying around <laughs> here. So her plan works because, one, there is this constant influx of new city leaders, right? The mm -hmm. city council member, a new mayor comes in. She teaches them the books. This is how the city works. This is what I do. So she teaches them her cooked books method. Right. When the city auditors come in, because she was smart about this, starting about the, somewhere in the mid-80s, she started basically faking the records. And mm -hmm. so in 1990, when she creates her false account and starts diverting funds, by that point, she has all these records that are fake. So the auditors, looking back seven years, 
they have a false record. They they're, don't, yeah. So they can't see it either. The local town is, uh, you know, they're the banks that are supposed to be in charge of the accounts. They keep getting bought up by national banks. So oh, they yeah. no longer is that nosy bank manager who's paying attention to how often Rita is coming mm-hmm. in and diverting funds. She's just sitting at home clicking buttons now and done deal. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. there's no oversight either officially by the like money cops. There's no oversight by the bank managers and there's no oversight by her bosses. Wow. Right? Yes, exactly. So at this point, the only thing that's holding it together is that everybody, as I keep pointing out, is so convinced that Rita is just so darn good at her job, right? <laughs> as And I'll, I'll quote Mayor Jim Burke again. Mm-hmm. He was just like enamored as mayor. He didn't have to work very hard because if he needed anything done, he just went to Rita. She knew right where it was. Oh, so, yeah. quote, I could go into her office and say, Rita, do you have a copy of the cable TV contract from 1986? And she'd go right to a drawer and pull it out. I mean, how well, can you argue right with there, that? I mean, I'd trust her with the nuclear codes yeah, after exactly. that. So just, you know, imagine poor Jim Burke's surprise when the FBI showed up at City Hall. For Rita? But of course he did <laughs> he know at that him. point. But wait a second. So what if everything is getting not everything, but if she's diverting significant funds. Is the town up and running well? I mean... Oh, no. (laughs) Not at all. Like, that's the thing. is, So, so like, they couldn't afford to repair the cemetery. Like, they had problems with their cemetery. Their Mm -hmm. streets were going bad. The street lights weren't working. They couldn't get uh, uniforms and radar guns for the cops. They had basketball courts that all broken up so kids can't play on them. They had to go without city jobs or pay increases for years. It was bad. But but Rita knows where the cable contract is. Exactly. well, okay. I mean, because as We're long as totally you find fine. that, what does Mayor Jim Burke Thank, really care about the rest of it? Thank goodness. No, but I just like to focus on Rita for a second. Can mm-hmm. you imagine being her, like lying to everyone you know, everyone you grew up with, everyone you work with, yeah. every day of your life for decades, and just creating this larger and larger divide between you and what who people think you are and who they're giving you credit for. Yeah. You're not Rita Crundwell anymore. I mean, no, and she must have the lowest opinion of every other human being to right? do that kind of, yeah. No, she's sociopathic or is she just something else? Like, And I don't mean to, to diagnose her. I'm just yeah, saying I don't know. Like, I don't know. I'm sure she's got a whole host of issues. I, I'm wondering just about what happened to her. <clears throat> Rita, who hurt you? I know, right? So the thing that we do know is that Rita did it for one, for the glamour. Oh. <laughs> we know what her motivation was other than the horses. It wasn't just the horses. It was also Rita likes the diamonds, the fur, the bright lights of the big city. And in this case, the big city is Oklahoma City. <laughs> Well, it's a big city. Sure. Okay. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, it is a big city if you're from Dixon, Illinois. I'm just saying it's not like, oh, she's out in Manhattan. I mean, I'm not trying to say every city has to be measured against New York, but there are a lot of big cities in this world, and I won't put Oklahoma City up there. I'm going to defend Oklahoma City. I like that about you. My apologies, Oklahoma City. It's got a cool arts district. Oh, no. I like the city. I'm not like saying anything bad uh-huh, against it. Sure. I just wouldn't say that it's uh-huh. a big city in America. You know, like <laughs> Houston. Houston's a big city in America. Like Oklahoma City. I mean, what it's is it? It's got a big like, heart. Yes, it is. A beautiful city with a big heart. <laughs> so, the uh, American Quarter Horse Association's World Championship show, it mm-hmm. happens to be in Oklahoma City every year. What do you know? Yeah, and uh, that place is... I don't know if you've ever been to the American Quarter Horse Association World Championship show, but I'm a regular missed it. Oh, then I don't need to tell you, (laughs) but just for my own edification, (laughs) I'll remind you that it is possibly one of the largest collections of 
humans, you know, that takes place on the North American continent. It's bigger than the Democratic National Convention. It's bigger than the Republican National Convention. It's bigger than the Super Bowl. It's hundreds of thousands of people coming into Oklahoma City, just talking horses, walking horses, looking at horses, just being all about horse life for (laughs) days. Yeah, whatever. I love that. that, Horsey life. Horse horse life. Horse life. So, like, the type of people that you would see in town of Oklahoma City during the quarter horse Association World Championship show. Mm-hmm. It's people like Harrison Ford, Kevin Costner, Robert Redford, Lyle Lovett. So all those celebrities that you can think of is like, I can imagine him with She's a horse under him. Yeah. The horsey set. The horsey set. People are down for that horse life. Yeah. So Rita Cronwell, she would like to go and to Oklahoma City. And whenever she would go, she would show out. For bikinis? <laughs> Not that kind of show out. <laughs> <laughs> but which you would put a show on a show. I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> so the floor of the arena, because just imagine like a giant like a uh, basketball stadium or football indoor football stadium, mm-hmm. right? So on the floor of that stadium, you would have convention stalls and booths, and Rita would down be down there with everybody else. But instead of having like a table on the stall, she would have, for instance, a log cabin recreated for the event. Wait. <laughs> An entire log oh, cabin. An entire log cabin. And it's like, hey, look, dude, was Abraham Lincoln born there? <laughs> What's going on here? Now, that was just the entrance to her section. Once you stepped inside the recreation log cabin, you'd be greeted by the sight of the glitter and the shine of her trophy room. She had, you had to walk Wait, past all of her trophies. Like a pageant kid? Yeah, exactly. Like total pageant kid. And she had like that love of like, I don't know, ribbons that whatever it is that motivates that. <laughs> a passion for ribbons. And she wanted everyone to see her ribbon collection. And gold plastic. Yeah, exactly. She's like, look at this. This is etched. It has my name on it. It's magical. So after the gleam of her trophy room wears off and you wander further into the recreated log cabin, then you meet the full open bar that she has arrayed for her guests. And there you could grab a cocktail, all courtesy of Rita Crundwell. And now I like to imagine, you know, one of this horsey set sitting in that recreated log cabin Mm -hmm. with her. Let's say Harrison Ford, right? Mm -hmm. And he's like raising a glass, talking horses to Rita. and, And Rita's telling him how good it was this year. And he's telling her how good the whiskey is. And she's like, oh, you like the whiskey? And he's like, yep. Oh, wait, what am I doing? You're the celebrity impressionist. Uh, You're the professional. Yeah. Okay, would you mind being Harrison Ford for a second? I'm happy to. Okay, so I'm Rita. So she's like, imagine the scene. She's like, oh yeah, sitting there surrounded by log cabins, people elbow hobnobbing, talking horses and horse trailers or whatever they talk about. She's like, more champagne, Harrison Ford? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Hey, everybody, it's me, Harrison Ford. I fly an airplane and I eat (laughs) Play-Doh. See? Flawless. I mean, It's like you're in the log cabin with Rita and Harrison. Yeah. Or as I call him, Harry. Now, oh my God, I'm sorry. I have to apologize a little bit. I totally Mm -hmm. forgot to tell you how she's dressed at these events. For a bikini. (laughs) Practically, though. (laughs) Practically. Real close. So just Mm -hmm. put a little bit more fur on it and make it like a full white fur coat. Like, you know, like white, I don't know, snow leopard fur, something exotic and Something endangered. (laughs) And then diamonds and like, I don't know, a tiara. She's going hard. It's kind of more than I anticipated. I thought she'd be like in TJ Maxx's finest. Oh yeah, no, she's got like the beaded tops or whatever those things are, like the sequins (laughs) and beads. I don't know what the Lane Bryant of it all is. I'm just imagining with the beaded tops that Mm -hmm. instead it's like those beaded seat covers for cab drivers. (laughs) Not quite those big. (laughs) (laughs) Like a a wooden macrame top. Exactly. She's very experimental. She's very fashion forward. Like so fashion forward you can't even see her. She's just down the line. You just have to hope that she's out there still. She's just in like a Mylar suit. 
Yeah, it was real. I thought you would uh, appreciate her. Like, let's see if I can find some pictures and we put them on Instagram. She has a real best in show vibe to her mm. outfits. And I know how you. I love that movie. Go for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kimonos. So just kind of imagine that, but less fun, more crime. <laughs> so, I don't, also, what is your favorite, like, middle aged woman's fashion tendency? Like, I, did, I was trying to think of, like, what stores it is that she's probably shopping at. And she's in a Chico's state of mind. That's what I was, that's the only one I could go with. And I was like, I don't mean to just pick on the Chico's woman. Is there, like, another brand that is J. Jill? J. Jill. Okay. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'd have to know her full aesthetic to give it a good assessment. Yeah. I'm, is I'm, she, like, a, is she a department store gal? No, no. Are you kidding me? No, mm. she is definitely boutique. Mm. as much as possible now mm. i mean occasionally if she can't get out of dixon she may have to like you know get her jeans at the local store but yeah. other than that interesting yeah, well, no. yeah well there was a woman in the horse scene who knew her very well and she was talking in a newspaper article and i found this and i thought this will answer elizabeth's question <laughs> so she clocked rita's style to time and i quote this is about her beaded gowns that she Mm -hmm. would wear to these events, like at the nighttime formal event at the American Quarter Horse Association's World Championship show. (laughs) And I quote, they're beautiful. I went to look at a couple of the blouses she wore. The used ones were $1,800 a pop. And Rita didn't wear used. I thought, gadzooks. The Midwest one just jumped out, didn't it? Dad Zeus. Oh, so she's like wearing designer duds. Yeah, exactly. Do you think she wore Karl Lagerfeld? Sure. Because didn't he eat horse meat? <laughs> oh, God. I don't know anything about that. I Are you just was... making that up or is no, that true? I make up most of what I say, but <laughs> I, I do believe that it's true that Karl Lagerfeld was on like a horse meat diet. It's a, a lot of French people eat horse meat. I, I'm, a, I'm aware of that mm-hmm. they do eat horse meat over there, uh, and I just try to forget that. I just that, like the synergy of her wearing Lagerfeld. And eating horse meat. Is it Karl Lagerfeld, yeah, Karl Lagerfeld. Who, the, who ate the horse meat? Well, I don't no. know about the horse meat part. Well, I have a headline, Carl Lagerfeld lost 90 pounds on a diet of tuna and blackberry moose. Uh, I'm not hearing horse meat. Oh, yeah, no. It was rumored that Carl Lagerfeld's famous diet involved eating horse meat, tomatoes, and Diet Coke. Altogether? That's like one dish? That's courtesy of Vogue. Thank you, Vogue. A slurry of horse meat, tomatoes, and Diet Coke. <laughs> a slurry of horse meat. Thank you, Vogue, for something I'll never forget. <laughs> and thank you, Elizabeth, for yet another gross out. Dropping a gross out. Oh, calf's liver, too, and wild strawberries. Well, I'm glad you asked about Rita <laughs> and what people thought about her and money. So, <laughs> Speaking of Rita. And speaking money. of Rita Crunwell and uh, whether or not she came from money or not, <laughs> people used to wonder if she'd inherited land from her family. And, uh, you know, it's true. She actually had inherited a horse farm from her mother. Mm-hmm. The details may have varied, but the general story was the same. Someone died, she got wealthy, right? Okay. That's like the story around the horse world. Mm-hmm. Now, that was pretty true. A whole ass town was literally dying, and she got wealthy. <laughs> so there was the death and wealth sure. part. Other than everything else, the details, a little wrong. Now, when Rita would arrive at a horse show, before she would you know, set up her Bass Pro Shop Lincoln Log Cabin, <laughs> before any drinks got poured for any horse-loving stars like Lyle Lovett, Oh, wait, I got got to do one more. Mm -hmm. Would you like some more champagne, Lyle Lovett? Hey, everybody, it's me, Lyle Lovett. I just stole Temple Grandin's shirt. (laughs) See, it's amazing. It's like he's just here for a moment, then he disappears. Yeah, I get, I transform. 
No, thank you for gracing us with that one. I always like those. That one's on the house. No, before Rita would pull on her white fur coat, or for you, her white fur bikini, mm-hmm. and uh, some mm-hmm. hot little sequin number to dazzle the horsey crowd, <laughs> Rita also liked to make a big splash in the parking lot. She would, like, <laughs> yeah. I don't mean, like, jumping from a height. I mean, Just like... Puddle jumping? Yeah. She didn't do it that way. Not, like, pushing a watermelon off the top of a building splash. <laughs> I mean, like, she wanted people to be like, ooh, it's Rita. Did she, that have, kind of did she have walk-on music? Pretty much. It was just, like, the sound of... Of pain and suffering in her hometown, <laughs> but the drumbeat was amazing. No, before she would get there, she would like have like her fleet arrive, right? And her fleet consisted of a 45 foot Liberty Coach RV. And mm-hmm. in case you're not in the market for RVs, that's one of the nicest ones oh, that you it? can get. Yeah. Okay. So that one is the luxury liner we of said mobile 45 homes. foot? 45 foot long. Liberty Coach RV, forty five foot long, huge, way bigger than like a your normal like a tour bus. Now this boasted a king size bed, Mm -hmm. five satellite TVs, marble countertops, leather wrapped railings, multiple tile floors, multiple (laughs) tile floors, also a washer and dryer. I don't even have one of those in my apartment. (laughs) Now this whole thing cost two million dollars. Two million dollars for an RV. Great day in the morning. Do you know how much of Dixon, Illinois you could fix with that (laughs) RV? Now, of course, she didn't handle her horses herself. Now, Rita had professional cowboys for all that. She didn't, like, Mm -hmm. brush down the mane and tail. She just would go, boys, there's the stall. Set up the horses, right? So she'd have them mucking out the trailers and all that stuff that she didn't want to do. But those cowboys, they weren't cheap either. So she had to have a trailer for them and then have, you know, lodging for them and so forth. She had a mighty convoy. Oh, yeah, but she was really successful with this because of how much money she was diverting into her horsey funds. Like, <laughs> in 2011, just before, this is right before Rita gets busted, she gets busted in 2012. The mm-hmm. year before she gets busted, when she went to the American Quarter Horse Association World Championship show in Oklahoma City. That's a mouthful. Quite. <laughs> she was the belle of the ball that year. She won 54 prizes at the Oklahoma Event. Any of those money, or is it just a oh, bunch, a bunch of, of those, ribbons? Yeah, she's winning some ribbons some, and some prize money. Mm. Yeah, like quarter million dollars kind of prize oh, money. Wow. She was named the leading owner of the American Quarter Horse Association that year. Yeah, she's pouring a bunch of money into the whole thing. Completely. Eighth year in a row she was named owner of the year. <laughs> Employee of the month. I'll tell you, your hometown's hard-earned money goes far if you direct it in yeah. one tight funnel. Now, the only thing that her friends and neighbors knew about what Rita was doing down in Oklahoma City came to them from the newspaper articles because they would, like, you know, see, like, a headline. Oh, Rita won again down in Oklahoma City. We're so proud of her. So going back to my man, Mayor Big Jim Burke, he was quoted talking about how all this prize money Rita was winning showing up in the newspapers. He said, and I quote, we all knew that she had these horses, but you know, there were big write-ups about her in the papers and she's winning all these national championships and there were stories flying around town that she was selling horses for $250,000, $300,000. So we thought this was well, that was what was providing her this nice income, a successful horse business. Now, when she was caught by the FBI, Rita, as I told you, was the officially the fifth greatest embezzler of all time. That's how successful her horse business was. Wow. Now, she's like the Larry Bird of embezzlement. Just this hard worker from the heartland, you know? Now, personally, if I was someone to ask me, like, what do you do for a living? I'm not going to say anything about my real life anymore. I'm going to use the Rita Crundwell method. I'm going to start telling people, oh, all my money, it's in uh, walruses. I'm in the <laughs> walrus business. See if people go for it. I really like this. <laughs> We'll take a quick break, and after this, I'll tell you how Rita got busted.
from BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. Elizabeth. Yes. Our girl Rita Crundwell. I've mm-hmm. been telling you about her. I've been telling you about Harrison Ford, Lyle Love, it, all the fun stuff she's been doing. Mm-hmm. But what else was she spending her stolen loot on besides impressing Harrison Ford with expensive whiskeys and champagnes? Scented candles. Good call. Good call. No. She was actually buying land. Well, that's smart. Yeah. That's what you, you know, they aren't making it anymore, as yep. Mark Twain would say. Yep. Well, starting in 2006, Rita, she made some real estate purchases, mm-hmm. and she bought an 88-acre spread. That cost her about a half million dollars of her hometown's money. She <laughs> dubbed her new spread Rita's Ranch. Now, personally, I would have gone with Casa de Rita, but that's just me. I don't know. You know, you had a name like Rita. You can really run yeah, with it. Marga, I mean, Rita, Ville. Yeah, exactly. See? Mm-hmm. Already two better names right there. We're not even mm-hmm. trying. So it was a complete horse breeding complex training exercise compound. She even had a whole arena built for her to practice in. Just imagine her riding around a horse with an empty arena, her imagining the crowds cheering <laughs> she her had, on. She had like a button she pushed and the sound of crowds would go, yeah, <laughs> The pyrotechnics Rita, go off. Rita. Confetti cannons. Yes. <laughs> All shaped like butterflies. Yes. Okay, Mariah Carey. Yeah, I know. I, I threw that one in there. <laughs> For Mariah Carey's uh, tour rider, she requests that there be confetti in her dressing room that must be the shape of butterflies. Yeah. No moth confetti for no, Miss no, Mimi. No. Now, as I told you, Rita Cronwell's salary from the city of Dixon, $83,000. So people are willing to believe that this $83,000 salary is being very well invested, apparently. Yeah. So while she was uh, hobnobbing with the rich and famous in her white fur 
and her diamonds and tiara or whatever she was doing. That was her one persona. Back home, she's still like all of her neighbors. She's wearing the, you know, the boots, the cow, the cowboy, you know, flannels. Like she looks like everybody else. And that is pretty much how she manages her whole criminal enterprise. Well, Nobody looks past the surface of what she looks like. This middle-aged woman. Grand, that's a, at the time and in a small town, it's a lot of money. Today in a small town, making $83,000 is a lot of money. It's not enough for a $2 million RV. No. Do they know? Does the town know about the two million? She has to park it. Like, I mean, she, she comes has, back to town with this like under, fleet of cars. Under cover of darkness. She had like full on 18 wheelers pulling horse trailers. Multiple. She, she had multiple 18 wheelers in her convoy. Mighty convoy. Yeah. She's probably just telling people, you know what? I got a great deal. If you go to the back of TJ Maxx, <laughs> they have all the cars and trucks. Ask for Cheryl. She'll mm-hmm. hook People you up. People don't know. And yeah. then if you kind of bump it a little, scratch it, you get another 20% off. Where do you think I got this bracelet? Yeah, everything is, she, she got a deal. <laughs> the U.S. Uh, District Court that filed the indictment against her, mm-hmm. they would not agree that she got great deals because <laughs> they had actually the itemized list of all of her stuff. And oh, I'll just read you a couple of the highlights um, between 1990 and 2006, she stole about $23 million. Oh, wow. Yeah, so that's that was when she got started. In 1990 to 2006, $23 million. Over that 16-year period, that gives you an average of about $1.4 million a year, yeah. right? After she got going in 2006, she starts ramping it up, and she starts trying to win some of them championships, <laughs> and world championships are not cheap. Uh-huh. So she sat there and ramped it back up to... Taking in about $5 million a year in embezzled money. What is the town's budget every year? <laughs> the town's budget, I'm glad you asked, is $9 million roughly. So, oh. so she's taking more than half of the town's budget. When she got really going and those engines were running red hot. Goodness. Yeah, and they still weren't noticing it. And you know how she was getting away with it? But she was blaming the state of Illinois. She said that like, oh, they're supposed to pay for this stuff that I charged and I put the money out, but they haven't. So next year we should get the money. And people believed it because they're like, oh, you know, the state lawmakers are always stealing our money. Yeah, no one really pays attention to local. They'll pay attention when the basketball courts are all jacked up, but then they don't know the minutia of the. No, and also she's counting on it. They, they like big Mayor Big Jim Burke, right? He's a local guy, but they don't seem to like the state lawmakers or the no, governor. Like no. Those people are not trustworthy. They Unlike, say, understand. Rita Crundwell here. They don't understand small-town values. Yeah. Exactly. Like Rita Crundwell does. <laughs> so Rita Crundwell, she uh, meets fate one day when, unbeknownst to her, while she is away on one of her vacations, or in this case, attending a horse show, mm-hmm. A piece of mail arrives, and it's a bank statement, and it's been basically sent to the wrong place, and it's on her desk, and this uh, replacement for her, this uh, the city clerk, Mm -hmm. is in her office trying to go through all the paperwork. She sees this one thing, sees it looks like it's from a bank, reads it. It's a bank statement. She doesn't recognize the account, so she takes the account to the mayor, Mayor Jim Burke's like, I don't recognize this. Uh, Ask Rita what it is. She's like, no, I think that's the problem. It looks like this is Rita's account. <laughs> Mary's like, oh, I can't be. Uh. She's like, no, I think it is. They look over. He's like, oh, my goodness. I love this nosy hero, by the yes, way. Yes, I thought you would mm-hmm. like her. So her name is uh, Katha Swanson, by the way. Well, Ms. Swanson, first of all, I agree, I believe there was a whisper network in town. Yes. Everybody knew about this. It wasn't a secret. And she didn't just see something on the desk. She I'm went dig in. I think she took her moment when Rita was out of the office. She's like, what's this? What's that? And went through it all. Well done, investigator. <laughs> Special <laughs> investigator, Katha Swanson. <laughs> so Katha and Mayor Jim Burke have their moment together in his office. He's convinced by her. 
to go take this to the FBI. He takes it to the FBI. The FBI is like, oh, yeah, this is not good. This is not good, <laughs> Mayor. So they're like, hey, Mayor, we want you, don't blow the investigation we're about to start. Don't let anybody know. We need you to keep this under your hat. And he's like, I think I can do that. They're like, no, we're serious. This may take some time. It's a small town. Don't tell anybody, not even like your closest friends. He's like, can I tell my wife? They're like, okay, you can tell your wife, Mayor, just nobody else. He's don't like, okay. take it to Rotary Club. Yeah, no, yeah, nobody in American Legion needs to know this one. He's like, okay, like, when can I tell them when we busted he's like okay how long will that be and then they're like okay, just let us do our work six months later they come into his office they're like we're gonna need to talk to rita and that's why he's like oh man and he's all excited and that was the day that you were standing in the doorway i remember it well yes so what it, the fbi found was that rita had basically taken as i told you a dummy bank account but not only that she created multiple bank accounts for the city that were legitimate she would bounce the money through those different accounts then she would create a fake invoice send the money into that fake invoice account use the fake invoice account then to dummy back out to her account and then she was hiding both the writing of the checks the bouncing of the books and where the money was going mm. so people were thinking it all looks fine the, the amounts seemed to balance out because <laughs> they didn't notice that she was the one who was you know, saying, you owe me money. Right, <laughs> You right. owe me $6 million or whatever <laughs> she was saying. So that's how you get a payday for Rita is, you know, classic money laundering. You know, Jay-Z would be proud of her. <laughs> so after she would withdraw her laundered funds and she'd go and buy all of her expensive stuff, the thing that was like kind of working to her benefit, as I pointed out a couple of times, is people didn't look past her appearance. And yet she was very aware of this. She would put on an appearance for the Oklahoma people. Mm -hmm. She would come home and take off that. And she knew that people wouldn't do anything except for your girl, Katha Swanson. Katha. You know, now that is the advantage that con artists have over average people is that they know that a person is usually persuaded more, more by a good story than by facts. Mm -hmm. You're Katha and you, you guys are rare who actually want to see the numbers on paper, want to investigate, want to get confirmation. Most people are like, I heard Rita, uh, her mother died, left her a farm. That's good enough for them. That's, mm -hmm. that's what they have. And so if you can tell a good story, you can be a good con artist. True. Do you think uh, as a former school teacher and a storyteller mm -hmm. that you could be a good con artist? No. Why not? I don't, I, I'd feel really bad. My my mark, my my victim would have to be a horrible person, and then I wouldn't <laughs> feel bad about it. That's totally that's totally within the bounds. You don't have to like, only go after the innocent and gullible. But I also have too many tells. I'm not good at at, at lying. Yeah, it becomes you, really obvious. Here's how you can get good at lying. This is true for anything. Mm -hmm. Don't think you're lying. If you believe your story, <laughs> no, I mean I know that sounds ridiculous, but you'd have to believe it that this momentarily is the truth. And if mm -hmm. you do that, your body will behave as if it's the truth. If you can just tell yourself, I will momentarily live under these imaginary circumstances, mm -hmm. that's how you become a good liar. That's also how you become a good actor. Hmm. Same thing. It's the exact same technique. Yeah. You have to emotionally convince yourself. You convince yourself, you can convince anybody. That's true. I could see that. So I think you could be. Should I practice? Should I, I start conning people? Yeah, I think let's, let's, we'll talk about this. Okay. We can develop a whole routine for yeah. you. Yeah, I'll sign up for your classes. <laughs> but in all honesty, as a teacher, do you would you agree that a story is more persuasive than facts? I think so. Well, I don't know. Not in my time as, a, a, as an instructor, but I would say that as a writer, Mm-hmm. You know, you can you can get people to believe all sorts of things. You can get them to tra change what's true to them. So not necessarily yes. facts, but everyone has their own truth. Their interpretation. But yeah, whatever's true to someone and you can, if you tell a good enough story, 
You can rearrange the value mm -hmm. of the facts. Totally. Mm -hmm. Well, that's exactly what Rita did. Now, getting to a couple of the facts that people overlooked that I think would have been somewhat suspicious to me if I were living in Dixon, Illinois. Yeah. Here's an example of some of the horses that she named. People would see these names in print, like so-and-so won, like Rita Cronwell won with, and the, these are the horses' names. Ready? Okay. Uh, okay, we'll play a little game. Four horses I'm going to name. Mm -hmm. Three are real. Okay. You ready? Okay. Number one, I'm money too. <laughs> Number two, I found a penny. Number <laughs> okay. three, good, I will be. And okay. number four, Dixon, Illinois can suck it. <laughs> oh, I don't know which one's fake. <laughs> which one do you think is not the real horse name? The penny? No, Dixon. No, it's good, I will be. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Dixon, Illinois can suck it. How is the fake in the horse wall? Name. But all of her horse names are about money or be like trickery. And people are yeah. like, yeah, it's just, well, that's your interest. You know, good old wow. Rita. Well, right under their noses. Yeah. Well, when the U.S. Marshals showed up, they had to uh, collect all the ill-gotten gains Rita had gotten over mm -hmm. the decades. She'd been fleecing everyone in town. They show up and they find 400 horses that they now have to move. 400? 400 horses. Remember, some of these horses are worth $250,000 a piece. Wow. Yeah, exactly. So the DOJ is like, oh, man, what are we going to do? So they like, called up, I don't know, the, the cowboy U.S. Marshals, and they started, like, putting them in trailers and wrangling them up and going off to she take them like to She had, like, a sale. horse infestation. Dude, they had to have a whole auction for all of her stuff. And then a large part of the stuff was hers. Her family bought back for her. With what money? Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. So here's the list of some of the stuff that the DOJ took from her. Uh -huh. Two single family homes in Dixon, a single ham family home in Inglewood, Florida, a horse farm in Dixon, the custom Liberty Coach motor home, worth $2 million, mm -hmm. the Featherlight trailer, also worth about a quarter million dollars, that's for pulling horses and so forth, a bunch of Chevy Silverado trucks, because at least she knew good value, <laughs> some GMC trucks, but really those should have been Dodges, because they were cowboys, because that's what cowboys and cowgirls right. drive, but whatever, a... A Kenworth tractor truck, which was worth about 200 grand. A Freightliner truck. These are the 18 wheelers that are pulling the trailers. Also <laughs> worth 200 grand. A Ford Thunderbird. A classic 67 Chevy Corvette. Once again, nose class. And lastly, a bunch of John Deere utility vehicles, tractors, and riding mowers. Well, nothing rides like a deer. <laughs> nothing at all. Then that's just the homes and vehicles. So imagine everything else. You got all the horse stuff. And all the, the stadium, fur bikinis. And the fur bikinis and the various scented you know, candles. Fine Corinthian leather bound books. <laughs> exactly. So on April 17th, 2012, at the time of her arrest, in her bank account, she had $191,375.75. Because you know who's also good at math? The DOJ. <sighs> and they made sure to get every penny. So this was 2012. Mm -hmm. When did she start? 83, 82? Uh, she starts scamming in 1990. Okay. She gets the job in 83. It mm, takes her about seven mm -hmm. years to cook the books. In mm -hmm. 1990, she gets going. And then for it's 16... It's a long run. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So the city of Dixon, meanwhile, left holding an empty bag. <laughs> With like no promises. running water. Yes, exactly. <laughs> they're like, what are we going to do? Now, I told you they had like basically lost all this stuff. The mm -hmm. cops couldn't get radar guns. The kids couldn't have basketball uniforms. Cops were out there with hair dryers. <laughs> yeah, just pretending that yeah. they have like, don't look too closely. You were going 48 <laughs> in, a, in a 35. Now, they did all that, obviously, so Rita can have her little My Little Pony collection of show horses. <laughs> and, like, you got to love, at least, I don't know, I don't think love is the wrong word, but there was a Netflix documentary on her story that was made. Mm -hmm. If you'd like to see more about the Rita Cronwell story, check out the documentary. Mm -hmm. But the director, Kelly Richmond Pope, who is a DePaul University accounting professor by day and a documentary filmmaker by night, said, and I quote, I feel like she had the last laugh. She won. She lived like a queen for 20 plus years and only served eight years. You do the math. She sort of won. 
So no. what he put in the quote is that she, after she's convicted, she does eight years in prison, federal prison. Her family buys up most of the property when it goes to auction. So she spends eight years. That's her price for all that she got away with. So this guy's saying, oh, eight years would be worth all of that. And she's the winner. What's your thought? No, she's not. Because of the, the fact that even if she was never caught, she mm-hmm. didn't win. Yes, Because exactly. that's the grossest behavior to take from the people around you who've supported you gave her a job at a time like, you know, in, at that time to be in a small town, to be the treasurer of the city of the town oh, or yeah, whatever as a woman. Women, yeah, in that role. Yeah. And she obviously, everyone supported her growing up. And mm-hmm. then she turns around and gives them the big two fingers to the sky and is like, I'm taking all your stuff. Yeah. That's, that's not winning. Nope. No. I'm with you. I do the math a little differently than old Kelly Richmond Pope. Uh, I just see her, as I said before, she's basically a one-woman version of colonization. She's just like, I can <laughs> if I can lift it, I'm taking it. She's just, it's so gross. It is absolutely gross what yeah. she did. I mean, stealing half of, more than half of your town's mm-hmm. annual budget. Yeah. Like, okay, let's just put this in perspective. Let's say I stole half of the money from your family's budget, mm-hmm. and I did that every year, year after year, for <laughs> six years. And I did this to fund my seahorse habit, all right? Mm-hmm. And eventually I get busted by the FBI. Do you think if someone came along and said, that man, he's winning. He's a winner. Would you be like, yeah, that's right, brother. That brother's, <laughs> look at that old folk hero there. No, they wouldn't, because I don't look like Rita Crondwell well, is my point. So... The only reason... Well, you are wearing say, a fur bikini right now. Well, yeah, and we have sequins, but that's not Rita's... That's that's where Rita and I overlap, okay? <laughs> but the, the, basically, the idea is that here you have this middle-aged white woman in rural America, and everybody would assume that she could be a criminal on the level of, like, some Walter White Breaking Bad level mm-hmm. of, like, you know... That's why we have to assume that everyone is a criminal. Exactly. <laughs> Solves I, that problem. My, I mean, that's essentially my point is, look, look, you need to be both skeptical and optimistic and do both yeah. at the same time. And it's hard. It's exhausting. The answer is always the same. Don't believe the hype. <laughs> that's true. So what's our ridiculous takeaway, Elizabeth? Ridiculous takeaway is that... I really wish that they would have caught on to her earlier because now I'm just like dwelling on the fact that the roads were all messed up and kids had, didn't have like parks to play in because mm-hmm. she wanted to go ride a horse somewhere. Now she wasn't even riding these horses. No, she's winning. She's just parading them around. Yeah. Ugh, she's <laughs> disgusting. <laughs> also notice she didn't need a, a a weapon to rob anyone. She just needed no, a pen. No. And we always tend to forget that well, these white collar crimes do far more damage mm-hmm. to a community than someone sticking up the corner store, but they don't get punished. And I'm not yeah. suggesting that we need to punish people, but that we need to consider the actual effect and impact of crimes as opposed to how they make us feel. You know what the heroic quality was here? Hmm. Nosiness. Yes, I thought you'd like that. I knew when you, Katha Swanson was like, mm-hmm. your people, eye to eye. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Well, you know, as you know about me, Elizabeth, I would love to own a horse ranch. I love horses. I would just pretty much do anything to have a horse ranch of my own, except for stealing all of the money I can from my hometown. <laughs> and that is the Zarin Burnett guarantee. I like that. So thanks for joining us. I'm Zarin Burnett, and over there in the white fur and diamonds is Elizabeth Dutton. You can find us online at Ridiculous Crime on both Twitter and Instagram. Got a tip for us about a ridiculous crime you'd like to hear about? You want to confess to a ridiculous crime? Email us at ridiculouscrime at gmail.com. Ridiculous Crime is hosted by Elizabeth Dutton and Zarin Burnett. Produced and edited by Harrison Ford's horse trainer, Dave Couston. Research is by the president of the three-quarter and seven-eighths horse association, Marissa Brown. Our theme song is by part-time mayor, Thomas Lee, and our resident, Lyle Lovett lookalike, Travis Dutton. 
Executive producers are Ben, the horse breeder to the stars, Bolin, and Noel. Don't you dare call me a comptroller, Brown. Ridiculous Crime is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. What if we told you about a major breakthrough on awesome savings on all-inclusive beach vacays? OMG, this could break the case. Case? I'm talking about CheapCaribbean.com. It's full of hot savings. At CheapCaribbean.com, score an extra $175 off site-wide on vacations of four nights or more now through June 3rd. Swim up bar in Punta Cana or dip your toes in the sand on the shores of Cancun. We gotta take this show on the road. Start at CheapCaribbean.com. Tired of restless nights? At Lisa, we know good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. From memory foam mattresses to hybrids that keep you cool all night long, Lisa's mattresses offer exceptional comfort and support with free delivery and 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details.